Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 261. And tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 185, Fair, which I thought due to what you had sent me an email from the creators, I thought it was going to talk about like the nature of fairness or something. And it kind of is, but it's also talking about a book fair. A book fair. And this episode's recap is going to go by kind of fast. If we wanted mm-hmm. to, we could sum it all up in the sentence, the librarians have escaped and they're terrorizing the town, except it's fine. Yeah, everything's fine. Thanks to Tamika Flynn, as usual, though she doesn't defeat the librarians the way you would normally expect her to. No, no. Um, we start out the episode with Cecil saying that George Hempstead has given him some bad news and it's the locks on all of the cages in the library are broken and the librarians are loose and yep. terror and panic. And Cecil does actually panic quite a bit in this episode. Yeah, he does. Now, George promises that he's going to deal with the librarians once they can get them corralled again. He's the library director. So he's actually talking about, you know, there's going to be punishment for the librarians. He's going to dock their pay clearly there's rules and regulations that they haven't been following. So he sounds like quite the taskmaster, except I don't think he has any way of getting the librarians to get back into their cages, to be honest. Sure doesn't sound like it, no. Uh, To calm himself down, Cecil goes to a traffic report, which is that there's an overturned tractor trailer that's blocking traffic, and there are rubberneckers that are making things worse. And of course, like you do with a traffic jam, you look to see if there's going to be somebody on fire, if there's going to be a life flight that's going to settle down in traffic. Is there going to be a cute dog? Yeah. Yep. So he's basically saying traffic is completely slowed because everybody's hoping to see, you know, one of those options. So um, don't go by that area if you're not wanting to get stuck in traffic, but do go by if you're hoping to see a dead body or a nice dog. So Cecil manages to get our savior on the line. It's Tamika Flynn, and he is all ready to just send Tamika and her teen militia charging into battle to deal with the librarians, except... Tamika Flynn disbanded the teen militia in January. Mm-hmm. I like how she said that, you know, now that time is actually working in Night Vale again, she's kind of growing up. And she said, I thought it was time to do away with childish things like armed vigilante justice. And I'm thinking... I guess that makes sense. But she's telling Cecil not to worry because she and the city council are on it. They are putting together a task force. There's going to be a meeting next month. (laughs) Which Cecil's like, we need help now. She said, fine, I'll get Pamela Winchell on it. She'll do a press release or something. And Cecil's going, maybe we could get the sheriff's secret police on it? And Tamika says, no, Cecil, come on. Have the police ever solved anything? No, they haven't. Let me be clear. They've never solved anything thing. I thought, ooh, this sounds rather personal, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know that she's necessarily talking about the sheriff's secret police. She may be talking about all police, which um, makes sense. Which, yeah, we're in the middle of watching the um, the trial for the murder of George Floyd, so yeah. I'm sure that's in everybody's mind right about now. Oh, God. I really want this trial to... I just... You know, he killed that guy. He, he did. needs to stand justice for it, and I'm terrified that the jury's going to come back and acquit him, and I'm going to be like, oh, God, it'll be so bad if they do that. Oh, oh man. <laughs> anyway. It's, hilariously, we are probably going to post this episode after they've already made a decision. Which is what usually life. happens. We we tend mm-hmm. to record something right before a big thing is going to happen, so we have no way of knowing what's going to happen on the day that the episode drops. Yep, yep, yep. So more about that later. Um, so 
she's kind of just talking about how she doesn't really want to deal with this particular thing. She's got more important things on her mind, like an upcoming event. Oh, hey, as long as I'm on the radio, can I plug the event? And he's like, um, I mean, and she said, great. And she starts talking about the first annual Night Vale book fair. And she is so enthusiastic. She's got so many guests. She's got so many things planned. She's really excited about all this. And the whole time, Cecil is just panicking in the background. But she goes back to tell about the various guests who are going to be there. They did talk about the author of Fight Club, Brandon Easton Ellis is going to be there. Now, this is something that they mentioned in the info that they emailed you guys on the Patreon list, right? Yeah, this episode was a chance for them to poke at a couple of authors that they don't happen to like much. And I think mm-hmm. um, Easton was one of those. Brandon Easton Ellis, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Apparently, he's just not known to be a particularly nice dude, I guess. I don't know. Huh? I don't know, but... I have to look into that a little bit more, yeah. Well, Cecil keeps wanting Tamika to do something, and Tamika says, I am doing something, Cecil. It just doesn't sound like I'm doing what you think I should be doing. And it starts getting a little antagonistic there. Yeah, it does. She also talks about how librarians have the right to not be arrested without valid reasons. And I'm thinking, again, this sounds definitely very personal. She is coming out on the side of the librarians. She doesn't want to go out there and hurt them in the ways that Cecil would like her to. She thinks that somebody should go out there and talk to him. And Cecil's like, well, why don't you go out there and do that? And she said, why don't you go out there and do that? And of course, Cecil is going to do no such thing. No, he really isn't. And we can't really count on city council because, of course, city council is on vacation. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they are. It, it, did they, hang on. Did they say that they're on vacation in Cancun? Uh, Cabo San Lucas. Okay. All right. If it had been Cancun, I would have been thinking it was a dig at a certain politician bailing on Texas Mm. to go on vacation. But no, no, it was something completely different. So never mind. (laughs) I don't know. It could still be a dig about that. They're not a, they're not beyond doing something like that. Um, But in the course of the conversation, Tamika actually comes around to the idea that maybe she does need to talk to them. And, She's not going to go out there with weapons. She's not going to go out there with a militia. She's going to find out what's going on, even though Cecil is desperately trying to get her to not do that. Yeah, he's saying over and over again, no, don't do that. You're not going to be able to survive something like that. And she is just going to go out there. Um, Do I need a coat? What's the weather like out there? And Cecil's like, oh, well, let me tell you. And then we go to the weather. Yeah, that was a clever way. I don't think, have we ever had anybody else kind of introduce the weather like that? I don't think we've had them introduce the weather by having someone ask about the weather. I thought that was a nice new wrinkle there. That was very fun. The weather was I Will by Emma Shrum, and it was folk, just a single voice and a guitar, and occasionally some whistling, and I thought it was really pleasant. It was. It was a nice, sort of, she has a very breathy, high-pitched tones when she does Mm -hmm. that, which is something I'd like to be able to do, because usually when I try to go up too high, my falsetto kind of sounds like squeaking, but she managed it much better, I thought. Yeah, I wish I could sing higher like that. I'm I'm just an alto. And what was that joke uh, about altos? Oh, yeah. How do you know there's an alto at your front door? They don't know when to come in and they can't find the key. (laughs) The one I heard about was how many altos does it take to screw in a light bulb? Five, one to do it, and the others to stand around saying, it's too high. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so uh, we get back from the weather and Cecil has not heard from Tamika and he's He's worried, but he's also kind of angry that she went out there. He just can't get her to respond. And then suddenly you hear Tamika say, I'm fine. (laughs) 
<laughs> Cecil jumps. Ah, um, yeah. She had her earbuds turned off, I guess, while she was talking to the librarians. But everything's taken care of. The librarians were just out filing some paperwork. Yep, because they are going to be forming a librarians union, which it sounds mm-hmm. like they desperately need because it sounds like George Hempstead, the library director, is a terrible boss. Yep, yep. He really does put his employees in cages and he punishes them for the slightest infractions and changes their job descriptions without giving them a raise or a title change or anything. I mean, he's just, there's some terrible conditions over there. And so Tamika was glad to help them get the paperwork filed. She thinks in a couple months the union will be all set. And Cecil's like, wait a minute, you just you just talk to them? And she said, yeah. But of course, she did have to like like slap them around a little bit because that's how librarians communicate. She said, empathy is a good thing. It's very useful. She also said that uh, when the last time she talked to librarians that she gave them some flyers for the book fair for them to pass out, which they said they'd be glad to do, but they would have to get permission from George Hempstead first, of course. And Tamika volunteered to call him and talk to him herself. And they said, no, 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 they'd take care of George themselves. And I heard Cecil kind of go, oh, so yeah, I don't think that looks very good for George. Probably not. Sounds like he's got it coming though. Cause I wonder how much of what we know in Night Vale about how horrifying librarians are is real and how much comes to the library director just basically saying that librarians can't be trusted at all. I think we're slowly finding that out at this point. So, yeah. Uh, Tamika leaves, but before she leaves, she gives us one more bit of information about the book fair. She says, in addition to all the other great guests, they're going to have J.K. Rowling there, who's going to give a workshop on how to disenfranchise your readership. And I went, oh, there's (laughs) a dig. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that's a big one. Yeah, her and Orson Scott Card could really teach everybody a lot about connecting with all these people who grew up lonely and, you know, isolated and finding something they really love about their books and then turning on them. Yeah, I don't... Every time she doubles down on that shit, I just... It is just such a weird hill to die on. Like, why? Why would you do that? I don't think... I don't think anything that she's done when discussing the whole trans rights issues, nothing that she's accomplished is balance out the pain that she's causing. It's no. it's so strange. Uh, we could probably have an entire podcast trying to discuss where this whole transphobia thing comes from. But I mean, some of the worst people are people who consider themselves feminists and just don't believe that trans women are actually women. They believe it's just men trying to horn in on their safe space. And I'm like, so it's not it's not so much sometimes anti-trans as it feels just flat out anti-men. But I, yeah, you know, I'm sure... an extension of that, I think. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of them would... would uh, deny that to the ends of the earth, but that's what it sounds like anyway. I don't know. Like I said, we could we could totally yeah. have an entire podcast discussing this. <laughs> but in this podcast, we believe that trans rights are human rights and that trans women are real women and trans men are real men. So there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 100%. So nah. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's, uh, that's the whole episode. Tamiko talks about how she's going to move on with her life and may do various things, maybe an author, maybe a teacher, maybe she'll get lucky and somebody will turn her into a vampire, which I thought, those are good goals to have. Yeah, I think a lot of people would share those particular goals. Mm, Very much so, yeah. And that's all for Night Vale this week. Uh, What else have you been up to this week? Oh, well, I guess we should probably start out by doing the weekly Sip Wrap! 
my usual stone IPA. I am actually having some raspberry lambic, which I do every Easter because it's a spring-like thing, and I try to only get it once or twice a year because it is about $11 a bottle, and I could drink the whole thing in one day. It is that good. Yes, me too. I know, seriously. It is awfully tasty, but um, yeah, so the weekly sit rep, uh, mom and dad both got their second shot. So, oh, thank goodness. And Hannah's thank gotten God. her first, I think. Hannah's gotten her first, and Nathan's gotten his yep, first. I think his second is this Wednesday, and this Wednesday mm-hmm. is also when North Carolina is opening up the vaccines to everybody, so I will be able oh. to start trying to make an appointment. I don't know how long it's going to oh, take. Now, I've had, got a friend who we were having a Zoom lunch with on Sunday, and while he was on the call with us, he actually scheduled his first shot for Friday. So um, if you're in California, he went to the site myturn.ca.gov and said it was very simple. Um, he managed to make an appointment, like literally with half an ear listening to us and the other half scheduling the appointment. So it was awfully easy. So uh, I'm eligible starting on the 15th. Aha, so, okay. Mm-hmm, we'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprisingly, the numbers uh, for the whole country are still going down, which is really good considering Michigan is suddenly getting like six, 7,000 new cases a day. They are just oh, going wow. up, 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 up. And oh, wow. I don't know. I would not want to be the governor of Michigan for anything because she was the woman that a lot of far right people were trying to stage a kidnapping and like hold a, a trial and an execution and everything because they were so mad that she was shutting things down. And you had those pictures of people doing a protest against the mask mandates and everybody being so mad. Well, now the cases are going up and she's said, look, this isn't a law thing anymore. This is a compliance thing. Everybody in Michigan has got to work together to try to stop this. So now everybody's mad at her. Like, how dare she not do anything? Like, what the hell do you expect the woman to do? Yeah, no, it's the same thing. I mean, people are mad at the government for shutting things down, keeping us in lockdown and everything. They're all pissed off. But if the numbers get really bad and people start getting sick, you know, they blame the governor as well. So, but in some cases it's totally legit. But in some cases it's like they can't win no matter what they do. No, and it really bothers me when people say, aha, well, you've had all these mask mandates and social distancing everything and it's obviously not doing anything because the numbers are going up. I'm like, the best law in the world isn't going to help if you're not going to follow it. I mean, nobody's actually doing anything, but they're blaming the mask mandate see they don't work no you're not even wearing them i know i know it's so frustrating and i saw something else some random twitter i don't know somebody shared a screen cap of it but somebody was talking about disasters that happened in red states like you know god all the awful things happened to texas and they said that they felt like that it was, you know, far right people being punished by the left for not towing the line. It's just like, no, bad things are happening because you've got far right government that doesn't give a shit about you. So, anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to really beat a dead horse on this one. But anyway, California, I guess, is doing okay. It's the same thing. I mean, there's places around here where people are fighting against the mask mandates as well. And they got a recall election for the governor. And I don't, it's... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just a little bit longer, guys. Just a little bit longer. And if we can all get shots. And I think what would the uh, 
U.S. vaccine tracker said we were at 16% of eligible adults. Actually, I checked today and we're at something like 18.6%. And that's that's percentage of adults that have gotten both shots or the one shot from the Johnson & Johnson. Wow. I heard a great joke about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Oh, yeah? That they uh, were able to do one vaccine because they had all of that practice from doing their two-in-one shampoo. I'm like, that's that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. Oh, but other than that, you know, mom and dad are doing okay. Oh, by the way, in case you're wondering, you know, mom and dad got their second shot. I haven't talked to dad yet, but I did talk to mom. I think she had one morning where she just felt kind of gross, like she was coming down with something Mm -hmm. um, and her arm was sore. And then I believe by the end of the day, she felt better. She talked about going to see a friend of hers who rides on polo ponies. And I think she was walking barefoot on the grass and just sort of watching and sitting on the grass. And she felt so much better at the end and mom is not a you know touchy feely lala auras and all that kind of stuff type of person but she's like i've heard about how you can get energy from the earth and i went "Mm, stranger things we we pretty much grew up with you know bare feet all the damn time and i feel like that probably kick-started our immune system pretty well all the uh, various things we were stepping on and stabbing our feet with by accident oh my god and going out to that awful dirty bay and playing out and and like i had a um god i was wearing my flip-flops i remember when we were walking in the water of the bay over all of those oyster shells and my Mm flip-flop came up and i tried to catch myself and stabbed my hand down on all of those sharp oysters those oyster shells are like glass i mean they will absolutely mess you up but then that that uh, that mud, that silt that's out there, it's because you've got the freshwater runoff hitting the salt water. Things die and grow, and it's this thick, black, sludgy mud that just coats your feet when you get into it. I'm surprised we didn't catch something. I really am. Yeah, well, that actually leads to an interesting segue. Have you been following the news in Florida about that reservoir that's oh. about to break with all that, what, radioactive uh, yeah. runoff from fertilizer production, I think? Apparently, yep. That's an, oh, it's a thing God. that people have been talking about for years, and now it's coming to a head. And, it's, and apparently it's like a, a private owner of that particular land. So there's not been that much that the state's been able to do about it, I guess, because they've got a Republican governor and a Republican government, and they don't want to tell private landowners who probably have a lot of money and could donate to Republican causes what to do with their land. But yeah, they're Mm -hmm. evacuating hundreds of people out there because there's a possibility of radioactive wastewater flooding into their property. Oh my God. Oh my God. It just doesn't sound real. And they're draining it into the bay to try to keep the reservoir from bursting. I'm like, but you're solving a problem by obviously causing another problem. What is that going to do to the fish to everything alive out in the bay. I don't know that I would want to buy any seafood from the Tampa area anytime soon, that's for sure. I don't think so. No, but I'm glad that that's at least 35 minutes away from where mom and dad and Hannah live. So they're not anywhere close to the evacuation area, but still, it's not that far away. No. I mean, all these ecological disasters, a lot of people were saying that because of all the various things it's going to do to the water and everything, they could have another red tide event. That was a couple years ago. I have never, in all the years that we've lived in Florida, I've never seen red tide that bad. I mean, it was killing manatees. They were like, there's this inlet near where our parents live, and it was just completely three feet deep in dead fish. And you think I'm making that up, but it was it was unbelievable. And that's all, it's all tied together. You know, you mess with the ecology in one area, and it's going to screw up something in another one. Oh, I remember Hannah 
Diana telling us about one time when red tide was really bad, and there was a news report about the fecal content in the water had risen to this impossible level. And I'm just like, wait, what? How? It's apparently all these birds descending on this massive amount of dead fish and eating it and crapping in the water. Oh God. Oh, God. It's so just, we just, we don't need any more, you know, fertilizers dumped into the water and causing this mess. But no, if it's no. going to be a matter of it, you know, flooding into people's houses, and God only knows what health effects that's going to have. So oh, I guess geez. they're... They're kind of stuck at this point. Yeah, I'm just hoping that the EPA has kind of been neutered over the years, so maybe we should give them a little more teeth to handle stuff like this. That would be sweet. That would be great. Also, we need to make sure that we always vote. (laughs) Please, guys. Vote, vote. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. On to cheerier stuff. You just watched some BoJack Horseman. I did. I just watched the season, I guess it's season three now that I'm on. Yeah, I believe so, yes. Yeah, Uh, the episode where he has to do a film festival, but because BoJack Horseman has like behaved so badly at other places and with other actors and actresses that the only festival he can go to is the big underwater festival. So mm-hmm. he takes the shuttle out there and he steps out of the airport and he's got the big oxygen bubble on and he can't talk. He can't, you know, you, when he talks, nobody can hear him. So the entire episode is without dialogue. And I felt like the writers were just like, let's have fun with this. Let's see exactly how far we can push this particular concept of him being underwater and everything being underwater and all the weird-ass things going on in the background. Like, he's in front of the airport, and there's a taxi line, and there's a couple of krill getting into a taxi, and they turn around, and they scream, and this big whale in a business suit walks in and eats them and gets into the taxi cab. And I just, (laughs) I had to rewind and watch that again because I was like, wait, what? What the hell just happened there? I like when he's walking by a door at one point and a couple fish go into a hotel room that's completely packed with a school of fish and all they're doing is just kind of standing there looking at him. He's like, uh, just sort of walking yeah, you, you know what that joke was. There were sardines. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> God. Um, and then you got the whole bit where he rescues a forgotten um, seahorse baby and is chasing the baby around all over the place and gets into the neon-colored psychedelic... I love that. Oh, my goodness. The bioluminescent plants and the babies jumping from place to place. And they had a different group working on the music this time, I noticed. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. all... They a completely different tone for all the music and then had the sound effects of them bouncing from these bioluminescent plants. And just, it was so much fun. And of course, the whole time I'm wondering, and how is he going to get emotionally stabbed in the heart by the end of this episode? And then you got to the end of the episode. Oh, should we spoil it? We should. Yes. All the spoilers. So you remember that director that got fired because Bojack Horseman like talked her into filming a scene that the other directors that sorry that the producer didn't want them to film and they filmed it anyway and she got fired well she was actually at this festival and he's kind of avoiding her and then he tries to write her a letter at one point but keeps losing her and I think that's part of how he ended up getting out into the city on his own. He accidentally got shoved into a bus and couldn't get back out. He falls asleep, ends out in the middle of nowhere. That's how he meets the horse, the uh, seahorse kid and everything. 
but he gets back and he sees her and he's just had this whole experience and learning what's important. And he finds a little scrap of the plastic wrapper off this bottle and writes a note to her that's just really, I don't know, it's very sweet. He's just apologizing for the fact that he never called after she got fired and hoping that she's okay. And, and he chases her down and hands her the paper. And she takes a look at it and they're in water. So the ink is smudged. It's completely unreadable. And she just hands it back to him and walks away before he can catch her. It's <sighs> just, I love that he doesn't even realize, like he sees her look at it. She kind of gives it this face. Then she just hands it back and walks away. And he doesn't understand. He looks and the paper's all smudged. And I'm like, oh, of course, God. of course. Because of course he's had just this terrible time. You know, he bonded with a seahorse baby and then gave it back to his parents and then he just doesn't know what to do after that because he's got this emotional connection that's not really his anymore and he doesn't he can't talk he has not been able to talk to explain all of this stuff that's been going wrong because he can't talk so he's standing at the street corner and you hear someone say hey get out of the way Bojack turns around. What are you, deaf? And it's another guy who's standing there with the exact same oxygen bubble on, pressing a button on his neck. And then Bojack just looks at him, and then he presses the button and says, oh my god, are you kidding me? Bam! End of the episode. End of the episode. Perfect. Absolutely (laughs) spot-on perfect ending line for that episode. When I went to DesignerCon with other Elizabeth and I think Jada and Lauren one year, Lauren saw a bit of fan art that somebody had made for that episode and Lauren was just, she absolutely fell in love with it. She's just, she thought it was so beautiful and that was her favorite episode. And I'll be honest, I had never even heard of Bojack Horseman at that moment. So she was the person who convinced me to watch it and it was because of that picture and we'll post a link to it because it's in one of our photos. It really is a nice picture. I like it. It is. It's very cool. Yeah, it's very sweet. But uh, I... uh, (laughs) I just watched the series finale last night. So. Oh, wow. Okay. And do you think they <laughs> yeah. stuck the landing? Yeah, definitely. Okay. And it's not its not going to end the way that you think it's going to end. But when you watch it, you're going to be like, yeah, that's thats the way that it needed to end. That's okay. a good ending. Okay. Well, so. partway into season three, so I don't know how much longer it's going to take me, but I'm sure things are going to pick up because things have already started picking up a bit in this season. Yeah. 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 You start go from watching one episode an evening to four episodes an evening. So that's when you know that you're not going to be able to stop watching it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's good stuff. I did not, as it turns out, watch The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I intended to do it. I haven't. What are we, three episodes in? Something like that. Yeah. I, I don't keep know. meaning to do it. I just, I guess I'm still reeling a little bit from uh, WandaVision that I haven't had yeah. the energy to start a new series, especially... I think the Hawkeye series, is that starting or is that about to start? And I just saw the new trailer for the Loki TV series. Oh my God, it looks great. (laughs) It just looks so good. Oh my God, I'm so excited for that one. But I've been hearing good things about Falcon and Winter Soldier. I mean, I've I've heard some people who aren't as sure about it, but there were actually people who were unsure about WandaVision for the first three episodes. It's just you and I started watching it at the point when everybody was going, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm not going to try and catch up with Falcon and Winter Soldier the way I did for WandaVision because, you know, we got caught up with WandaVision and you're like, uh, now I have to wait a week to watch it. I have to wait. (laughs) Why would we do this? Anyway, so yeah, that'll be next on my list. I have been watching the third season of Star Trek Discovery and it's interesting with that show that I'll watch a few episodes and be like, wow, this is really good. And then somehow I'll step away from it and just not come back. So I don't, I don't know how much I can recommend it. 
even though the only real problem I have with it is the number of times when somebody is giving this big stirring speech and the music is rising and it's emotional because this is our moment. And I've just gotten to where somebody starts giving one of those speeches. I'm like, oh, we're having a moment. (laughs) I don't, maybe it's because I am watching them all at once. Maybe if I watched them week after week, it wouldn't seem so obvious. But I mean, it is beautifully filmed and the effects are pretty damn good for a tv show okay nicely done i still need to sign up for the streaming service to start watching that i haven't watched a star trek i re-watched the very first episode of star trek the next generation because hannah thought that would be fun to watch that and it's it doesn't pretend to be anything other than exactly what it is and you can see the genesis of the entire series in that first episode it's also very silly but you know it it has to be because it's star trek yeah yeah i don't know how silly we thought it was back in the 90s did we think it was serious i don't think we thought it was that silly although we did have this idea about somebody having to read the reports that the starship enterprise is sending back to starfleet and some poor pencil pusher reading this and going oh my god all of our other ships are normal (laughs) (laughs) wasn't it casey Kasem in that first episode was that him no it was not but i know who you're thinking of he did the voice of every damn thing in that time period. And I think he was the voice of Prowl in Transformers, which is how we knew it. I gotta look it up. First episode. Michael Bell? Is that him? I think that's it. Yep. You take a look at his um, acting credits, and he was just in everything. I mean, he's one of those, hey, it's that guy of the voice acting role. God, I'm scrolling through. I'm still only... Up to 2002. I know. It's amazing. I mean, IMDb says he's got 379 acting credits and it's all voice work. I mean, good grief. He was Duke in G.I. Joe. Wow. Wait a minute. I'm going to get to Transformers, the movie. I saw the credit for that. I want to list. <laughs> yep, you're right. Prowl, Scrapper, Swoop, and Junkion. So yep. I forgot he was one of the ones that just did every damn thing. Mm-hmm. But he had terrible hair in that episode, I remember. All that yeah, long, stringy hair. Yeah, I right. can't remember. If you and I watched that uh, encounter at Farpoint, I think it was ages before we finally saw that first episode because we started. Um, I'm pretty sure we started at the episode when Tashi Yar got killed. I kind of think. I don't know. Is that the, like the second or third episode? Because I, I, I remember we were very surprised when she died. So we had gotten to know the character at least a little bit by that point. And of course, before she dies, you have the episode where she has sex with Data. And yeah. I remember watching that episode. So <laughs> I guess that wasn't our first episode we saw. But yeah, I remember being just very shocked. We're like, oh, wow. Oh, she's actually dead. There's like a funeral and everything. Oh, my God. And it wasn't that far into the first season. So they really did. They established the hell out of the characters for all that. Uh It was so shocking. And you felt so bad when she died. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Kind of went out like a chump, though, when you get right down to it. Kind of. Yeah. It's all right. That's that's fine. Whatever. So the only other thing I can think about that we needed to talk about is Laura Olympus. Have you read the latest episode? I have not. Oh, jeez. How do we do that? I don't know. I actually, my brain just did this thing where I was like, no, I haven't. Wait, what day is it? It's Monday. Oh, my God. It's Monday. <laughs> I'm glad I showed up to work anyway. But, um, yeah, no, I, comp- I just, 
I wait for it all week long and then it comes around. And I don't know why I didn't watch it. Well, if you want to wait and read it until you get another one, this latest episode was the third installment of About Memph. It doesn't oh. go quite as much into backstory. It really is focused on what's going on with Minth right now. Um, right. So, yeah, but it's still okay. still pretty heavily Minth stuff. I liked oh, it. No, and I, I enjoyed all the other Minth episodes as well. I just would really like to learn other things. Uh, did they address the Thanatos and Daphne thing? They did, yes. Or okay. they at uh, least addressed a little bit of um, Thetis and Minth being mad at Thanatos. And Okay. Right. No spoilers. They are just kind of irritated that they didn't know about it. It's something they didn't know was going on. That sounds par for the course for them. Yeah. It really does. Well, I guess that's all we're going to talk about this week. So I guess <laughs> make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the fan art galleries. What's your, what should our next fan art gallery be? We've done a WandaVision one. We did a Laura Olympus one. Should we do a BoJack Horseman one, or should we wait until I've finished the Ooh. entire series? We're going to have to wait until you finish the entire series, because I can think of several things that you might get spoiled for if you oh, okay. start looking for fan art right now. So, <laughs> okay. no, 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 no. We'll wait on that one, but... Maybe we'll do another Transformers one. I've been finding a lot of good Transformers stuff lately. Well, you can always do, you know, Transformers fan art galleries. There's a limitless amount of excellent art out there. Yeah, it really is. But anyway, all that and more, pixeladygeek.com. So we won't have a Night Vale episode next week, but I don't know. Maybe we're going to watch Falcon and Winter Soldier, like an episode. Should we plan for that? We should probably plan for that. We should probably plan for that. We're also, we've been doing the watch parties with mom and dad and Hannah and Nathan, and I don't know what our next one's going to be, but we finally put up a Google Doc so that we can <laughs> keep track of all these things. They'll be sending messages back and forth. Oh, we should put that on our watch list, and then we just never do. Just never so. add it to anything. Yeah. No. Arrivals on that list, because Hannah's never seen that one. What else? What other stuff has come up lately that we were talking about? I personally put in a vote for Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, because I have yeah. not watched that one in years, and I think Mom and Dad may have watched that with us so they might be interested in seeing it again. I don't know. Yeah. But okay. yeah, um, there's Donnie Darko. Um, there was a big vote for City Slickers, which I also haven't seen in years and years. Yeah, that's true. And that's just a fun, good-hearted one. Yeah. Like and that. then um, Death Becomes Her, because I'm uh, not sure that I've seen that since we saw it in the movie theater. It has been a long time. Yeah, I feel like I had to have seen it at least once since the movie theater because that was back in the whenever it came out i i can remember whole scenes from that movie clear as day so i had to have seen it at some point but it's been a while but i, I really want to see that one well there's also pear cider and cigarettes which we oh, found man. out is available for rent on amazon which i really yeah. want to see that again because it's amazing but you know what else is available for rent what? That um, tweet, tweet short, the, the Russian oh. made short about the little bird and the, the line yeah. and all of that. Oh, my God. Ta- There's a limited number of movies that have actually made me cry in the theater. And that was one of them. It was just brilliant. The fact that it was an honorable mention and wasn't even nominated for an actual Oscar. My God. I feel like that had to have been that things were really the relationship between the U.S. and Russia at that time was really bad, like even yeah. worse than it is now. So. So that yeah. probably played into it. Yeah. Oh, I did find out that if you've got a Disney Plus membership, there's a, an animated short called Burrow that got nominated for an yes, Oscar, we and we've that. all watched it. Oh yeah. my goodness, it's so cute! It's really, it's lovely. It's just sweet, and it's 2D animation. And so 
all the emphasis is really on depicting expressions and it's just and it does a wonderful job yeah it's beautiful but anyway anyway um i'm sure that we'll figure out something to talk about next week because there's all the things but one way or the other we will talk to everybody in one week talk to y'all later Laura Olympus? Uh, yeah, what was this most recent episode? Oh, the, the Jazzercise episode. You may not have uh, read it yet. I didn't read it yet. Oh, wow. Motherfucker. <laughs> what else? What other stuff has come up lately that we were talking about? Oh, fuck. Hang on. <laughs>